Welcome to Surprise It's Not a Toaster, where healthcare digital experts Ed Bennett and I, Chris Boyer, delve into the fabric of online experiences, tackling annoyances, unveiling innovative solutions, and cutting-edge tools, and we also challenge AI's limits. Hey, Ed, how are you doing today? I'm good, Chris. How's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. Every time I read that intro, I always wonder if we're going to actually live up to that promise. I think we've been doing pretty good so far. But you, you know, know set set the set those goalpost high and you know do right. your best. That's that's all that's you right. can. It just sounds like our intro was written as we were writing a, a resume. Like it's a little <laughs> hyperbolic, let's put it that way. <laughs> but but still, I think we do dive into all of those things. And we always start off the show by getting into what's on your mind. And in particular, what are those annoyances that are bugging you today? Well, when we first started this podcast, we very quickly came up with a list of annoyances, and we have pretty much gone through that first batch. So I'm sitting here thinking, uh, as I'm prepping for today, I'm thinking, okay, what what am I annoyed with? And, you know, my life is pretty good, but, you know, there are certain things that, you know, get a little annoying. And I started to realize in the last couple of weeks, I've been, you know, researching basic household products and things on Google. Mm -hmm. and everything seems to be an ai product now so and it's just it's just the ai hype has gotten completely out of control and every company that makes a software product or a physical product everybody is trying to say they have ai so just for for giggles i just now like half an hour ago i went on google and i started to type in the search blank that uses AI. First of all, every single thing I've done so far, there is somebody says, oh yeah, our product has AI. Uh-oh. And that includes a toilet, okay. a kitchen faucet, a bird feeder for your backyard, a rice cooker, and a fish tank. Oh. Like you, have, you have a little fish you know, in your, in your, yeah. in your house. Yeah. I found products for all of those separate searches that said, oh yeah, we have an AI enhanced product. And you know, the funny thing is, is that all of these products nothing's really changed they're just calling whatever whatever the technology they have in it they're just simply calling it ai so like the rice cooker okay mm-hmm. rice cookers are in- very interesting kitchen appliance because there are some extremely simple ones and we we eat a lot of rice in our house mm-hmm. so we've had a 35 dollar rice cooker that has just an on off switch for decades right but there's a korean supermarket near me i live in an area that has a lot of uh, korean people in it and we have some great restaurants and supermarkets and and stuff and they have some of the most mind-blowing rice cookers that you could imagine we're talking thousand dollar rice cookers wow with with every bell and whistle and the technology they were saying was the highest end was called fuzzy logic which was a type of pre-AI feedback system that would be built mm-hmm. into products that instead of it being a simple on-off like a thermostat, would right. use some programming to vary what it's doing within certain parameters. And it was mm-hmm. called fuzzy logic. Okay. Well, now that anything that says fuzzy logic has now been branded AI, just <laughs> poof like that. Um, so the kitchen faucet, well, the kitchen faucet has uh, something where if you just walk up to it, there's a little sensor. And if you just wave your hand, the water turns on. That doesn't so, sound like AI. I know. And that faucet, we have one of those faucets. It's very nice. You have your hands full with something. You just go up yeah. to it. The water turns on. You don't have to get the handle dirty or anything. It's a nice little convenience. But it's a sensor. 
yeah. it's a sensor that says, oh, yeah, this person is, there's something here, and I'm going to turn the water on. It's in airport toilets all the time. Exactly. Right? So suddenly, that's AI. Oh, know, my goodness. It ain't, but I'm tired of seeing it on every product <laughs> that I research. <laughs> so rice cooker, I kind of get. It might do some reactive. It understands the temperature. Maybe it determines the moisture of all that. Yeah, but, but all of all of that is just inputs from sensors. It's not like it's calling out to an AI service that has huge computational resources and coming back with what the setting should be. It's nothing fundamentally. It's fundamentally no different than. Okay, uh, I, I gotta know though. What is this AI enabled toilet about? You know what? I didn't really want to go any deeper than that. I just <laughs> I just searched. And I saw a whole bunch of toilets that say we use AI technology, and I really don't want to know. <laughs> and then, you know, the other thing you said, a fish tank, AI-enabled fish tank, that just reminds me, my mind flashed to the Tamagotchi way back right. when, where you had, like, little pets that you had to take care of. Like, right. is this now... Is that what it is? Oh my gosh! I don't know. I again, I did not. I did not go any any. I would type in the search, and Google would come back with a bunch of hits, and it, it was obviously a product by some manufacturer. And the, they said now powered by AI for the, all the things I mentioned. So far, I haven't. I haven't had Mister Hit. I'm going to try wow. something like a bathroom towel or something yeah. really simple that has no intelligence clothing. and just see the clothing, right? Well, <laughs> I'm this, sure this there smart, is AI smart clothing. Smart clothing has been, smart has clothing. been something yeah. talked about for a very long time. <laughs> but I think I've, I've referenced the Gartner hype cycle. And one of my favorite visual tools, Gartner, the consulting company, uh, puts out this hype cycle uh, chart for various technologies. And they have released one for the hype cycle for artificial intelligence for 2023. And I really encourage everybody listening to, to just go and Google Gartner hype cycle, and you'll see what I'm talking about. But yeah. it's like this curve that shows expectations versus time. And it looks like a really great roller coaster ride. So the expectations go up really high in a short period of time for the different technologies. And then it swoops down to disillusionment. <laughs> yeah. And then it goes to, productivity, where certain technologies actually have become valuable and are now being used by everybody, and they are now a productive thing. So the hype cycle for artificial intelligence has everything crammed into the innovation trigger, which is the very beginning of going up the slope, mm -hmm. and very few are, are going down, but there are a few in the trough of disillusionment. Yeah, And then there's a few that are now going into the slope of enlightenment, which is like getting into a place where it's now a common productive tool that everybody uses. So far, they don't see any of these that have actually become a productive thing. And there are just a few things that are on that path. But these are like really fundamental type of technologies like computer vision and data labeling uh, and uh, autonomous vehicles so that's like way down into the trough of disillusionment because all you know autonomous cars everybody's very disappointed with it so anyway it's a great tool and they mm -hmm. they put this down for just about any kind of technology you can think of mm -hmm. and it's a it's a great way to have a start a conversation about where things are 
I would say that probably the AI enabled toilet is sitting in the trough of disillusionment right now. Yeah, I think it's going to stay there. Just too. at the bottom of the top. At the bottom, right? At the very bottom. Something else you mentioned too that made me think about this, right? We fuzzy logic has now become AI. Yeah. But we you also use the term smart. Remember, there used to be smart devices right. that suddenly smart are now device, AI right. enabled. I remember too, there was this one time where people were talking about internet enabled devices. Yep. I wonder if this is just like a marketing thing now. That oh, it is. Are just labeling. It is. Oh, yeah. it is a marketing thing. I mean, there's no, there's no reason in the world that my uh, fish tank needs to start telling people, you know, telling everyone that it's AI. Yeah, I agree with you. I think we're going to find our way. We're going to find out yeah, where we, we actually I use mean, it. Yeah. Five years from now, this is going to people look back and this will be very, very silly. Well, and you know, we'll be there'll be something else. <laughs> There'll be a website of all the weird AI products that were introduced during the hype cycle. I think that's a great idea. I think somebody should jump on that. Um, I'm reserving the URL right now. Yeah, go um, for it. <laughs> stupidaiproducts.com. <laughs> that's great. Well, not everything online is unuseful. There's actually right. a lot of good stuff out there, which yep. is the other part of you bringing forward some good tools, technologies, mm -hmm. tips, or whatever. So what do you have for us this week? Yeah, this one is is really, uh, at least as far as I'm concerned, is really interesting and very cool stuff. I don't know if people are aware of, uh, in the last, I'd say, five or six years, this whole concept of mini PCs, micro PCs. These are PCs that can literally sit in the palm of your hand. Um, I've got a couple right here. I've got one right here, which is about four inches square by about about one and a half inches high. Wow. So definitely easily fit in the palm of my hand. And that's not even the smallest one of these. I've seen some that were just slightly bigger, like the size of two iPhones stacked together. And it has oh. ports and, and, and it's a full-fledged PC. There's so many advantages to this. Uh, first of all, there are some that are, have come out that are incredibly inexpensive. I just recently purchased for $129 a micro PC that has a CPU. It has eight gig of RAM, 256 gigs of storage, and it has Windows 11 installed. Mm. Wow. $129 brand new. Yeah. And it uses very little power, which is a very, very good thing. And all you need to do is just hook up your, your keyboard and mouse and a, and a display and, and you're ready to go. Mm. I find that I like having PCs, especially when they get that inexpensive and that low low power usage, just dedicating one PC to a particular task. Hmm. So there could be a PC in every room. Mm -hmm. If I want to make sure that, you know, if I have guests, there's a PC waiting, waiting there for them to use if they forgot their laptop or it could power a um, like a community um, a bulletin board in the mm -hmm. kitchen or it could power... One really good use would be powering a digital photo gallery. So oh, you have yeah. you put a you put a, a monitor up, a flat monitor up. You power it with a nice a little computer. And you strip out all of the stuff you don't need in the um, in the computer in terms of software, mm -hmm. and just run one app that you care about. They're very reliable. I have I have many PCs that have been running for a year on Windows 10 without a single hiccup, without having wow. to be rebooted. Because they're only doing one thing, and they take care of it. Um, I have in my my main office where I have all of my stuff. I do have a regular PC with you know your normal tower, mm -hmm. but for other places where I work um, in the house, I use these many PCs for doing doing stuff. 
And most of the stuff that we do nowadays does not require the most the fastest CPU out there and mm. all of the RAM. Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff we're doing, yes, you could do it on a, a tablet. Please get it. Yeah. Time. Or most a phone. Yeah. yeah. Phone or a tablet. But there are times where you want a PC because it just gives you you know, the ability to use a keyboard and and mm-hmm. to actually dive in and get some work done. So I definitely, you know, if you're in the market for a PC, maybe you want to set up a media center, uh, you want to have something to play music on or play your videos back, mm-hmm. uh, definitely take a look at mini PCs as a, as an option for you. And they're an, uh, they're internet enabled, right? They can hook up to your Wi-Fi? Yes, they're internet enabled, and they're also have AI enabled. They will run AI programs. Oh. It's pretty amazing. So technically, you could hook this up to your toilet. Right, you could. <laughs> <laughs> and run your own AI on the toilet. Yep. <laughs> but no, that's interesting. I never even thought about that. Yep. So of course, now I'm envisioning your house to be like having these little mini PCs and embedded in everything, right? Yeah. I mean, you can you could mount it on the back of a TV. They have mounting holes designed to do just that. I don't travel as much as I used to. So um, I don't have a laptop anymore. But mm-hmm. I get very close to a laptop by having a mini PC a small wireless keyboard and mouse, and one of those portable uh, displays. Yes, it's, it, it takes up more space than a laptop would, but I'm bringing the computer I use all the time with me, and uh, that's very convenient. That's awesome. I never even thought about uh, these mini PCs, and now I have mm-hmm. to rethink that. Now, of course, I'm a Mac household, and that they kind of lock me in. So to them, right. they don't have mini PCs. They have right. the over $1,000 iPad. That's no, the way they run their ecosystem. Yeah. But <laughs> and, and again, I wouldn't even suggest this, except the price on this stuff is, is, yeah. is so low to get into yeah. it. Yes, and there are there are expensive, high-powered mini PCs. But the ones I'm using, uh, I wouldn't, I wouldn't yeah. buy anything under uh, over 150 bucks. What a great recommendation. Well, we'll put some links in the show notes for yeah. uh, different ones that are out there uh, so people can look at that, right? So that's that's great. Awesome. Awesome. All right, Ed, are you ready for our stump the chat GPT section? Okay. I, I see the question and it's I'm a little worried. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this week I decided that we are going to stump our generative AI solutions. I'm being very careful about being not product specific here because I tested four different ones on a question that is actually sort of one of the premises of our show, which is, and here's the question specifically, when navigating the digital landscape today, what is the one big annoyance that most users have to face? And of course, I had to also add to that, be specific. Right. I wanted to play fair though. I wanted to do this not only with ChatGPT, but I also tried the same question out with a with Bard, which mm-hmm. is Google's product. And then I also searched on uh, a couple of other ones that I've been kind of playing around with. One is called Perplexity, perplexity.ai. Mm-hmm. It's, it's supposed to be, you know, another generative AI solution that's out there. And the last one is you.com, mm-hmm. which is more of a, like a chat bot, but it does have a generative AI component behind it. U.com is actually interesting for those of you who are like interested in all the different products that are out there because it's a little bit different in that it actually also presents back a bunch of different URLs that are related to your search that you can actually go into That's websites, actual websites, yeah. yeah. All right, so with that question in mind, what's the one big annoyance that most users have to face? I'm going to guess what the number one is. Okay. Dealing okay. with passwords. Dealing with passwords. Okay, let's put that down. Okay, so here's what ChatGPT came back with. One significant annoyance, they didn't say it's the biggest, they were careful to say significant annoyance, that many users face when navigating the digital landscape today 
is the prevalence of intrusive and excessive advertisements, especially on websites and within mobile apps. Okay, so then I thought, well, certainly Google's product won't say that because that's the whole business model of Google. And sure enough, Google's Bard came back and said, the biggest annoyance that most users have to face when navigating the digital landscape today is unwanted advertising. Uh-huh. We're careful, careful to specify uh, right. it that yeah. way. A very nice qualifier there. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> unwanted advertising. Okay. So let's go over to some of the, the lesser known tools, Perplexity. They said one of the biggest annoyances that users face when navigating the digital landscape today is invasive and annoying digital advertising. Lastly, you.com. What do you think you.com is going to come back with, Ed? I'm going to be really brave and guess advertising. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. However, you.com came back with something different. Okay. Based on search results provided to the tool, it is difficult to determine the one specific annoyance that most users have to face when navigating the digital landscape today. Search results cover a wide range of topics, including political discussions on social media, targeted advertising, online shopping, privacy concerns, consumer experience and retail, and more. Each of these have specific annoyances associated with them, but without more specific information, it's not possible to identify the one big annoyance that most users face. Okay, so. wishy-washy, laundry list of all the, all the, all the uh, <laughs> likely suspects. Okay. <laughs> Testing this against these four different AI platforms, right. three out of the four came back clearly that advertising or in Bard's terminology, unwanted advertising, not the ones you run through the Google ad network, but the unwanted ones are the most heavy annoyance. And then the one came back with that laundry list of they couldn't come right. back with one. So, Ed, here comes the judgment. I, I'm going to say this is a win. It also brings home to me that I always need to understand everything's in context. And the reason I didn't think of advertising is because I haven't seen any ads in 10 years. I don't have any <laughs> ads on all the media, all the TV shows I watch and the movies. I don't see any ads ever. I don't see it on when I go on the web. So I wasn't thinking about that, but obviously yeah. for folks that don't have these things blocked. Yeah. It would drive me crazy. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And um, that just bears to mind too. Ed, if you've created your own generative AI tool, <laughs> It probably would have a very unique view of the world, wouldn't it? I think that'd be true for all of us. Yep. <laughs> well, there we go, Ed. Uh, we're, you know, it's interesting that these results are, are coming back. It's helping me understand how different generative AI solutions come up with their answers. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting to see the nuance of one versus the other. That whole right. inclusion of the word yeah. "unwanted" is a big is a big tell. Um, but yeah, there we go. Well, sounds like AI came came to save the day. I think they so. came through through just fine this time. Well, there we go, Ed. Another great episode in the books of Surprise, It's Not a Toaster. I really enjoy recording these episodes. I know you do, too. I think we have a lot of fun. It just gives us a chance to catch up, but also to kind of really provide some good value. We'd love to hear from people listening in. Contact us. Ed and I will put all all of our links are in the show notes how you can reach out to us. Let us know what you think is one of your biggest annoyances. Let us know what you think is a useful tool. We would mm-hmm. be we would be happy to have some ideas. Oh, I, love, I love to get those kind of recommendations. That's great. And, and I would love for you to Give, pose to me a question that we could try to stump ChatGPT and other generative AI solutions. So for Ed Bennett, this is Chris Boyer, and we will see you next time. <laughs>